everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of The Roots Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roots, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. Well, how about that? We got some news today. Yeah, some... Woo. <laughs> wow. So, even... <laughs> where do we start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I, I stunned silence feels about appropriate. Yeah. So, like, the, I guess it was after they got the first interception. And so they started that drive at like midfield and they just kind of marched. They had like one passing play that whole drive and it was only like 47 yards. But like, I was like, did we, did, did they just basically run it the whole way halfway across the field against this Marshall defense that was like, like advanced stats as like top 10 rushing defense in the country. Like, did that just happen? Yeah. So I guess first we should set the stage, right? <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of, I, I think we might just go blow by blow. Uh, uh, Brian on, on Twitter uh, requested that we, we might just get there. Uh, so <laughs> I reported oh, what? 45 minutes before kickoff that Mike Collins did not make the trip and Rice Collins was Rice Collins. Rice was going to be without their starting quarterback against a top 15 team in the nation on the road. And they were going to be starting a redshirt freshman whose last start came a year ago against this same Marshall team. So uh, with that, you can say this for Giovanni. He had more starting experience against Marshall than any quarterback on the roster. So this this is this is good. We, We got some stats to throw at you. That's a good one. Uh, so uh, Austin Trammell also did not play in this game. He's still uh, recovering from an injury suffered against North Texas. They were also without Antonio Montero. I'd have to go back and check the game logs. I don't believe I saw Treshawn Devones. I wasn't expecting yeah. him to play either. But you're missing two of your top, I don't know, five, six defensive players and your two most important offensive players. And you uh, you whip a ranked team in their own house. I don't know if you saw this. This was the first time in the history of Joan C. Edwards Stadium that Marshall had been shut out. That. <laughs> I mean, it's we have a litany of postgame notes from Rice about about this being first. It's Rice's first shutout period in 25 years. First shutout in a conference game since uh, 1973. Uh, 20 years before the Southwest Conference broke up, uh, first victory over ranked opponents since 1960, or sorry, first shutout over a ranked opponent since 1960, and first shutout on the road over a ranked opponent since 1960. There was so, two uh, shutouts for the Rice defense in 1960. We don't want to sell them short. Shutout yeah, number 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas, and number 18, Florida. So, Unfortunately, uh, I don't think Rice has any ranked opponents to play this year to see if they can match that. Yeah, no, unless the committee just really decides they like UAB this week, but that's uh, pro- probably not going to happen. No, as they sit idle. What are you thinking if you're a Blazer fan and you're like, oh, we just we play Rice, and then you watch them do what they did against Marshall? Because <laughs> uh, if, if UAB wins next week against Rice, assuming that's the game, it's currently the game that's scheduled. The UAB clinches the West. If they lose, UTSA clinches the West if those games are played as scheduled. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We, we, we will get eventually to uh, 
we'll save the previewing of whatever happens yeah. next until we figure that out. But yeah, so that news happens and Rice coming coming into the game, I believe they were a twenty four point dog. And that line kind of crept up through the week to, to 21 again. I saw 24 and a half after I tweeted out that Rice was missing uh, Collins, that the line jumped up another three and a half points in the next half hour or so before kickoff. So Rice comes in against a Marshall team that they're not even supposed to be in the game. But as we, you know, kind of previewed in the the preview podcast, we said, what has to happen if Rice is going to do this? Well, we said they have to shorten the game. They have to do what they've always done and shut out Marshall and on the first drive of the game. And they have to score on their first drive of the game and give themselves a fighting chance. And, and sure enough, Rice goes down the field, scores a touchdown, uh, shuts Marshall out on their first drive of the game, and it's 7 nothing going into the second quarter. And at that point, you're like, okay, that's a good start. Yeah, like given, you know, you're down your quarterback and, and you're you're probably your best skill player. And like, you know, all right. Like, like feeling pretty good about that. Like um, feeling pretty good about putting Isaiah Floyd in a guard. It seemed like they were... We're getting some movement up front a uh, little more than they have at times this season. So, yeah, yeah was, that, that was incredible because the the push that the offensive line had so North Texas, it just they got whipped all game like they, they had no answer inside or outside against North Texas. But against this Marshall defensive front. Uh, I don't know what would they end up averaging on a, a per carry basis. I think it was still somewhere around trying to pull it up as I talk. It ended up being somewhere around like three-ish. Yeah, it was fairly low. But it, it wasn't great, but it, it was enough. <laughs> they got the yards they needed to when they needed. Like, as for the offensive performance as a whole, like, sure, you'd like to see better, but given the circumstances against that defense, like, they did what they needed to, and, you know, we'll get to the the... Bailey fumble touchback thing later, but like I thought that should have been a touchdown. So like, you know, that's and, it, and you know, they missed a chip shot field goal too. So like they could have put up 30. probably should have put up 23 offensive points in this game, which uh, um, to be honest, it, it was definitely more than I thought they were going to score once I knew that Collins wasn't playing. Uh and, and maybe more than I thought they would have scored even with him playing. So yeah, and I mean, Rice ends this game with 213 total yards of offense. I would wager to say that there is a very short list of teams that have ever put up less than 220 yards of offense and won by 20. That just that's that's how insane this defense was. And and I think as a part of it, you know, you mentioned Rice not being you know, the most successful that they could have been on offense, but getting the yards and plays that mattered. Uh, I thought, and I and I wanted to, we can start off here with one of the mo- most interesting plays or moments, rather. I don't even know if it counts as play that I have ever seen in, in a college football game. So Rice has the ball. It's 7 nothing, And you think that this could be a moment where they can kind of find some separation. And so they're they're driving down the length of the field and on fourth and five, 
or no, was it fourth and five? What where what is the distance here? We're talking about the fake punt. Yeah, the I fake think punt. it was fourth and three, because I remember thinking that they should have gone for it when they. I would like I was disappointed when they brought out the punt team. So I think it was fourth and three. Like, I don't think I would have been for going for it because they were at like midfield. So I don't think I would have been for going for it on fourth and five. I think it was fourth and three. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I, I there there were too many plays in this game. I'm I'm trying to make sure I get to the right <laughs> one. So, yeah, no. So so fourth and one and oh, fourth and one yeah. second quarter. Rice is is at the time leading seven nothing. And it, we've credited, I think, Mike Bloomgren with a aggressive style of play calling it's more so this season than than i ever remember Mm -hmm. from the past two years and so on fourth and one he's already brought out the jumbo package and uh, had a a, a, what a third and short call back on like a illegal motion it was it was weird before that but so they call a fake punt and uh, charlie mendez catches the snap and throws it out left to Jake Bailey and the ball lands 15 yards away from the receiver. But as you watch it and I, I'm, I, I, I hate to be the guy who says, well, it would have worked if the refs would have thrown the flag. Cause it's just such a cop out excuse, right? Like it just drives me to insane to no end when people blame the refs, but I'm watching that yeah. play and the, uh, the Marshall return, man on that side clearly has no earthly idea that the punt is coming because he jams up the receiver and holds him down the length of the field as you would do when you're trying to stop a gunner on a punt yeah (laughs) and uh no flag is thrown and bloomgren is out yelling at the officials like it feels like he's going to be on the field yelling until they change their minds yeah i I feel like that's i feel like that's the first time i've ever seen that work like a, a coach absolutely lose his mind on the officials after a clearly blown call and then they like get together and huddle and correct the call yeah and so that was that was the craziest thing about it so the officials huddle for like a solid minute and then just the ref comes out of the the scrum and throws a flag and says pass interference and i was i was stunned because i don't think i've ever seen a Hey, let's go talk about it. That's usually where the the refs come together and say, "Hey, we screwed this up, but we can't change it now. Where do y'all want to get lunch after the game?" Like, <laughs> that's the conversation, and they throw the flag, and I was just bewildered for one. But you know, as I'm thinking through at this moment in the game, I'm like, "Well, if you're Rice and you're gonna beat Marshall, you have to have two things. You have to execute." Like, you can't make mistakes. You have to be as good as you can be on both sides of the ball and special teams. And you need to get lucky. And that was luck in the Owls' favor. They didn't all break that way. But at such a, a tipping point in the game, because that if that pass falls incomplete, Marshall gets the ball on their own 42-yard line. And it's yeah. kind of like we were watching the North Texas game, right? Rice goes for it in the red zone, doesn't get it. North Texas has the, the bean run, which we will continue to live relive unfortunately <laughs> and then boom it's a it's a it's a even game so rice only ends up with a field goal from that possession but 10-0 from what could have been you know if marshall goes down the field and scores uh, a tie game or a, a one score game the feel from from the entire rest of the game changed in that strange flag moment yeah just very 
very weird. And like, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's very clearly bad process by the officials to throw the fag that late, but also it was the right call. So uh, I'm having a hard time feeling too bad for, for Marshall fans here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, and, and we won't uh, get too much, we won't live too much in the past, but I, there was a lot of uh, ruckus going from the, the UTEP side about some of the... Uh, the test coming back after the after the fact against Rice that there were a couple po- false positives in there, uh, but one of the players did test positive to initiate the the false positive test. So like, see, Rice testing was wrong because they were false positives. Conveniently ignoring the fact that they did have one player test positive. So we don't need yeah. to relitigate the past, but like, it, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right, but in this situation, like something wasn't right and the refs got it right. And, uh, and it, and it put rice into a favorable position because that rice gets the field goal and Marshall gets the ball and it's a 10, nothing game. And then Josh Piercy picks off a, uh, a Marshall pass. And, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this yet. So Grant Wells, Marshall quarterback, uh, you know, we mentioned he was a, a freshman, or I guess he's a redshirt freshman uh, who hasn't really played a bunch of like close knock them out, drag down fights so far in his career. He thrown four interceptions coming into this game and he threw five against rice and rice yeah. had six interceptions in last season, 12 games. Yeah. That's that. This is going to uh, help their turnovers quite a bit. Uh, th- those uh, those numbers are going to look a lot better now. Yeah, and what did you think about... So, I guess Marshall had a couple tackles out on the offensive line. Uh, and again, if Marshall fans want to complain about that, we will trade tackles for a quarterback if that's the yeah. trade. Yeah. So, let's... <laughs> we'll, well get and there. Your but... tackles wouldn't have made a whole lot of difference against DeBraylon Carroll absolutely wrecking the interior of your, deep, of your offensive line the entire game. So... Yeah, he was... He and I think Blaze, whenever he got in and, and was at the line of scrimmage, those two were just unbelievable. Yeah, just just complete game wreckers on offense. Like you can like, I don't know, I've seen some people in the because obviously an upset of this magnitude is causing people to pay a lot more attention to a Rice Marshall game than they normally would. So in the comments of all the like ESPN posts about this, people are like, oh, well, it helps when the quarterback throws five interceptions. Well, it's not like. It's not like Grant was just it's not like Wells was just like making these horrible decisions time after time. Like he was getting pressured constantly. Like the, Yeah, no clean pockets at all. Yeah. Which and and, I mean, and, and a lot of like a lot even when he got time, they eventually got to him because Rice was covering so well down the field. So like this was not like the quarterback just totally self-destructing. Like the Rice defense created this. Yeah, and and let's not act like well, if the if you threw too many interceptions, there's a really easy way to counter throwing so many sep- interceptions. It's don't throw the football, run the football. But I just I'm gonna go through just because I think it's interesting. So here are uh, after halftime. Here are Brendan Knox. Uh, length of carries okay i'm just going to run through it really quickly because this was a point where you know if brendan knox is just able to do what he does and run the football effectively you can help out a redshirt freshman quarterback so i'll go real quickly 
1-2-3-3-5-2. He had two carries of more than five yards in the second half, and most of his carries were three yards or shorter. If you can't run the football and you're trailing, yeah, the interceptions are going to happen if you have a quarterback that's not on his game. And, and credit the Rice defense for playing as well as they did to, to get him in that scenario. Yeah, and it's not like this was one of those games where, like, one team outgains the other by 300 yards but loses because they turned it over six times or whatever. Like, yeah, Marshall's offensive numbers are, like, a little better than Rice's. They had 245 yards on 63 plays, and Rice had slightly fewer yards on slightly fewer plays. But, I mean, that that's under four yards a play. Like, it it's not like... Not good. Mar- Marshall had two good drives in this game, the first one and the last one. And on both of them, they got stopped on turnovers on downs, like at or near the red zone. Like Rice dominated this game on defense. This was not them. Like this was not Marshall dominating regular play and then just making mistakes in the, the crunch situations. They, they, yeah, it wasn't fluky at all. Consistently, yeah, no, it was not fluky at all. Which I, I I think when we were coming into this game, when you're when you're playing a team that's a three touchdown favorite, you would you would think that you're gonna need some fluke to get there. And and I thought this was interesting because I was talking with with Bloomgren. Uh, during his press conference earlier in the week, and they were talking about Marshall and, and what makes them so good and completely complimentary. What he said is on both sides of scrimmage, they just line up and they whip the dude in front of them. He, sa- he said that there's nothing flashy. There's no eye candy. They're not running crazy stunts or, or doing anything all that, you know, uber exotic. They're just a smash mouth in many ways. What Rice would aspire to. They're just a team that's going to line up one on one and win. And yeah, I mean, and I, that's what we said on the pod earlier in the week. Like they just they're just absolute or had been just absolutely dominant on both lines of scrimmage all year. Well, can you think what what one on one, maybe not player, but just positional group? What battle did did Marshall win today? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I would I would say they got their fair share of wins on with their defensive front against the Rice offensive line, which. I mean, that's honestly the, the Rice offensive line held their own in that battle much better than I thought they would. So. And I, think, I mean, I, I will take the way that matchup turned out a hundred times. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting because when we were watching the North Texas game, uh, we just kind of watched them like drop guys in zone, like right right around the the first down marker, and force Mike Collins to either take a short check down or go deep, but the the line just didn't hold up, so the the, the offense went nowhere. I, I saw throughout this game that Marshall kind of employed a, a similar strategy, at least out of the gate. There wasn't much pressure on either of the owls two available wide receivers i'll go have to go check the participation report but it was (laughs) it was jake bailey and andrew mason and that's it at the wide receiver core and and they were basically able to just go like take a six yard hitch all day 
against the Marshall secondary. And that's exactly what they were giving up. They weren't giving up long plays, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know what Rice's longest offensive game, offensive play this game was? Oh, I haven't looked yet. I'm going to say 16 yards. 14. Wow. Andrew Mason had two catches, one for six yards and one for 14 yards. And that was their longest run was a 10 yarder by Giovanni. Uh, longest by a running back was a nine yarder by Kalen. Like they just, they just got the little chunks when they needed to in this one. And that's yeah, I mean, like they, they didn't throw it a whole lot, but Giovanni uh, was pretty clean when they did. Um, and they just took the plays that were there and made them when they had to. Yeah, I mean, and that was it, it just out straight up out physical, the most physical team to this point uh, in Conference USA. And and we did have one question come in that I thought was interesting. We could we can debate this on a scale from 100 uh, percent to 100 percent. How much to improve was our line play this week? Two hundred percent. It felt like it. Like, I think that was the and I I don't get everything right at all. But I did when I was working through the the preview for this game, I, I wrote down that uh, winning in the trenches like that was that was something that if Rice was going to win this game, it had to happen. If they didn't win in the trenches on the line of scrimmage, they couldn't beat this team. And. They did. I, I, you mentioned well, I think and if they Isaiah, Isaiah had Floyd was was big, too. Yeah, he was he was really like I'd have to go back and watch to 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 see, you know, how many of his matchups he actually won and what and how much of that was him. But it was very noticeable, noticeable to me that at times, you know, with almost no passing game to speak of in a lot of situations where they were obviously going to run the ball, um, they got some space up front and particularly in the middle uh, in, in ways that they haven't and that they certainly didn't against North Texas. So, like, I have a strong feeling that Isaiah was was really responsible for that. And I love that, you know, in those two drives they had in the fourth quarter to basically put the game away. Like, yeah, they didn't get a whole. I mean, they got 41 yards combined on 15 plays on those drives, but they ate up. You know, they were up 20 to nothing and they ate up like nine minutes of the fourth quarter on those on those drives. And they got what? two first downs on that first drive and one on yeah. the second or two on the second, four first downs in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and they did not attempt a pass <laughs> on either it, of those drives. The, the, the fumble touchback for Jake Bailey was the last pass play of the game for rice. Was and it really? Wow. Yeah. They still like, they still got, they just lined up and ran Ari Broussard straight at those guys and it was nothing pretty like you would expect against a, a a run defense that good, but they got first downs doing that. And, and I mean, credit to Ari, like we knew uh, from the bygone days of 2019 spring practice that he was a tough guy who could power through tackles. But like, man, he ran hard. And this was the first significant action of his career. He got a he got, he got a couple carries against North Texas, I think. But he came in there and was just the battering ram in the fourth quarter and got them the yards and the first downs that they needed to run that clock out. Yeah, it, it was impressive because you saw Kalen Griffin, he put the ball on the turf twice. 
I'm trying to remember. It may have been one in the second, yeah. one in the third. Uh, he was running really hard and, and doing pretty well, uh, but he had a, a couple fumbles against North Texas, and, and the ball popped out a couple times, and that seemed to be a point where Bloomgren, and, and I can circle back with them later in this week, but it just kind of felt like, okay, who's not going to drop the football? You fall forward. And uh, I, I still have lots of confidence that Kalen's going to be fantastic uh, yeah. when he gets going and had a pretty good game, uh, all things considered. I think he had, well, Rice had, what, 40... 50 rushing yards in the first quarter or, or something like that against a team that hadn't given up a hundred yards rushing in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they averaged, uh, what they give up like 60 rushing yards a game yeah. or something like that. And rice got 127. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. So uh, being able to turn to, and, and you know, it's funny because last year when Rice won, it was Isaac Klarkowski's uh, first start, first career start against Middle Tennessee. And when they won that big game that kind of turned their season around and, and led to three uh, wins in a row, walk on Isaac Klarkowski. And then really the guy who salted the game away this time, uh, walk on former linebacker converted to running back, uh, Ari Broussard. So uh, th- there was a fun, I, I feel like there's something just about, you know, like the, the walk on Rudy, like underdog that just like jowls with this team's uh, identity. And I do want to add one other thing that I thought was interesting uh, with two minutes left in the first half, Rice converted a third down for the first time in the game, which I was I, I was watching and I'm like, I, I think I think that was the first third down conversion. And and it, it was because they had to go and do a, a couple fourth down conversions as well. So it was a, a three yard run by uh, Giovanni on third down. And it's interesting because that drive ended up uh, ended in a missed 23 yard field goal, which uh, was a bummer. So first third down conversion happens with two minutes left in the first half, then proceed to convert zero third downs in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter when because at that point Marshall gets the ball at the beginning of the fourth quarter and they have the ball inside uh, the Rice 20 yard line and that's the point where if this game is going to turn Marshall scores here and then you start you're up by two scores but you kind of have that oh man uneasy feeling Rice converted three of four third downs in the fourth quarter yeah, and, well, and they would have had another third down conversion and another fourth down conversion if not for, uh, like, procedure or false start penalties on two of their, like, jumbo package runs, both of which they converted and which they've been basically unstoppable on, you know, for the last two years, basically. Uh, so, you know, you want to say Rice got lucky at times in this games, but they also shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. Like, this, this could have been... I mean, not that it would have been a great offensive performance regardless, but like they they could have been even, you know, made even more of the critical plays than they did. Um, And shout out to Jake Bailey for basically being a one man receiving game here. Uh, Again, I'm not you know, you could probably say that he probably should have just secured that ball uh, at the goal line because they they would have been first and goal and probably picked it up anyway. But like, I don't know. Yeah, let's get into it. I still thought it broke the plane like that. That I don't know how you rule that a touchdown on the field and then say it was a fumble out of the end zone. So, so Rice has the ball, and they throw it to Jake Bailey on just like an out route at 
at the goal line. And he, I don't know how he like caught this pass. If that's I thought it was an incomplete pass. Yeah. So he, he grabs it, you know, Odell Beckham style, one handed kind of reaching behind his back. And he brings it all the way from behind him towards the goal line. And as the ball is approaching the goal line, it, it kind of falls out because he's, he's literally just kind of swiping it through the air into, he never gets the second hand around. And so on the field, the official standing at the pylon immediately waves incomplete. And then another official comes in from the back of the end zone, which I, you can't see that from the back of the end zone. You don't have the, the vantage point there. And he rules touchdown. Then they go to review and on review, the referees decide that Bailey possessed the ball and then fumbled through the end zone. And that was the ruling that, that they went with. And I just, I didn't understand because either the play was a completion and he broke the plane or he never possessed the ball. Cause I was really impressed by the effort, but he never got another hand on the football and it just kind of was one motion, like catch and throw. <laughs> Yeah, I don't that that just seemed odd to me. Like the I I thought for sure it was either gonna be incomplete or or a touchdown. I I don't know how they decided. And once and Rice falls victim to the the horrible a fumble out, out of the end zone as a touchback rule, which is still the silliest thing in the sport to me, but hey, it didn't Ooh. you know, and 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 that was the end of the third quarter. Like, yeah, Rice was up. 20 to nothing at that point, but like there yeah, was still time for Marshall to come comeback, given that, that rice hadn't done a whole lot of all on offense. Like that could have been, could have been the dagger moment or that, that could have been the turning point And the defense just did not allow it. Yeah. And, and you, you said 20 to nothing. We do have to mention how we got there because we were, I was really bummed. Uh, I put Naeem Smith on the cover of the 2020 rice football <laughs> season preview. And I was kind of having like the deja vu. Did I just, you know, Madden cover uh, Naeem <laughs> because he gets hurt during the off season. has a hamstring injury that he's kind of nursing himself back for and makes his, his 2020 debut uh, today. And I want to credit him first. He's, he's a, a wonderful person to talk to but he was in a position where he had an injury to a hamstring injury that potentially if he wanted to say I'm just going to shut it down for the season and get better and then come back next year it, no one would have blamed him there's there's yeah, literally I mean, with, hundreds of kids already throughout the country that have done that like with with anyone like with anyone this season in college football but particularly the way this rice season has gone and the way that 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 things have been like for a guy to have an energy injury like that and miss what little time they've had, like it would be so understandable to say like, you know, I have another year of eligibility. I don't want to make this any worse. Cause, cause it was, a, you said it was a hamstring, right? And those are yeah. notoriously something that kind of lingers and doesn't really get better until you just let it rest for weeks at a time. Yeah. And so he comes back in this game when rice is already down, uh, so many pieces and I, I look to see and from what I can tell I'm pretty positive it was it was Prudy and um, Lockhart who started the game 
for Rice. So the same starting safety tandem they've had basically all year, uh, I guess, depending on if you want to call Trayshawn Chamberlain a linebacker or a safety. Uh, I mean, he had an interception in this game, so I guess safety, but I don't know. <laughs> so either way. And so he, Naeem comes off the bench and he plays, I didn't, you know, couldn't see from the, the game copy and I'll probably go look back and look at this. He played a little bit in the first half, uh, had uh, three tackles in, in the first half. And then uh, start of the third quarter, Grant Wells throws one out to the sideline. Naeem grabs it and runs 36 yards untouched into the end zone for a pick six. And I was like, you, this is one of those things that like you, you give this script to Hollywood and they said, nah, you can't have the guy who's been out all year. Like, you just, that's yeah, like that's ridiculous. Cheesy. Come on, man. And he does it. And it, it's funny because I remember against UTSA last year, it was a tip pass on the goal line. He intercepted the ball and like fell into the end zone and they marked him down on the half inch line. So he would, <laughs> he was so close to getting a pick six last year. This year he gets it. And at that point, you know, 13 nothing with as good as the Rice defense was playing, you felt pretty good. Once it got to 20 to nothing, that was the point where in my head I, I'm I'm shifting from the uh, could this to like why won't this? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, that was the moment. Like even even 13 to nothing, I was like, you know, two touchdowns and you're down, and like. Yeah, the Marshall offense has maybe not been as good as their defense this year, but, like, they still had the capability to score in a hurry. And I was, like, because it had gotten to the point, like, they missed the field goal and they were, you know, didn't come out great in the second half. And I was, like, okay, I've kind of passed from, like, surprised and elated to, like, deeply nervous. Like, can they hold on? Can they do this? And, but once it hits 20 to nothing, it's, like, you know, you're now getting down to like even even when the rise offense isn't doing a whole lot, they're still bleeding enough time off the clock that like is Marshall even going to get enough drives to finish this out? And you have to they'd have to be basically perfect on them. And yeah, that, that, that like it's exactly like you said that that was the point where I was like. Oh, they're going to do this, aren't they? Yeah. And then another piece that is a part of it that what. In, in all these games, like there's the, the, it happens when one team is inevitably having a good game and one one game teams having a, a bad game. But it, it, Rice, I think it, it's pretty safe to say that Rice was dominant on on defense. They had a fantastic defensive effort. Uh, their offense was effective when it needed to be. This is was not like a banner day for the offense. Uh, but, you know, like we've mentioned, like they got the job done. They got 20 points, could have been 20 or I guess. Yeah, 20 points if you take away the defensive touchdown and give them the touchdown that they could have scored on on Bailey's throw. So it was it was fine. It wasn't great. Uh, but Marshall, they did so much to not win this game. In addition to Rice playing pretty well, they had a, a, a couple punt returns. So many returns. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, seven defensive penalties. One offensive penalty. It was a false start. They had a legal block on a punt return they had a, a holding on another a kick return they had a face mask they had pass interference they had unsportsmanlike conduct called uh, and then they had a uh, an offside call on third and four that gave rice a, a first down to in the third quarter just 
there were so many mistakes that were it wasn't just like a ticky tack off sides. There was bad, egregious. If you do this, you're going to lose the football game mistakes. And they did. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it was. And I have I have breaking news. OK. All right. It's it's not exactly rice related, but tangentially Conference USA has announced a scheduling change for the final week of the regular season. Uh, This is happening live while we're recording. Conference USA is being proactive. I'm going to give them credit for this because usually we complain. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Uh, The Charlotte and Marshall game has been rescheduled rescheduled for Friday, December the 11th at 6.30 p.m. at Joan C. Edwards Stadium. So that means the the game that was previously canceled, I think they were supposed to play mid-November earlier this year, has been moved. And if Charlotte beats Western Kentucky this weekend, I believe that's a Sunday game, then Charlotte and Marshall, I believe, would be playing for the East Championship. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so Marshall goes from 15th in the nation trying to make their case to get a New Year's Six spot, albeit a, a far case, uh, to if if Charlotte wins. Yeah, Charlotte is 2-1 is and one in conference right now. If they were to win against Western Kentucky, that would be 3-1, and one, and then they'd go to 4-1 and one with a head-to-head win over Marshall. So yeah, Charlotte, wait. But who beat Florida Atlantic is also four and one. It's a mess, actually. Never mind. (laughs) Conference USA East is a mess. And all Marshall had to do was beat Rice, and they did not. So we have no idea. This is a a scheduled tweet. It's December. We have no idea who is going to win the East or who is going to win the West in Conference USA. All we do know is that uh, Rice just notched its most impressive victory since... The 2013 Conference USA Championship game against the same team, probably. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Does Marshall have a rice problem? <laughs> I mean, two of their biggest games of the last decade or so, and uh, can't beat the Owls, so, I mean... Yeah. You know, I've been it's... saying all year that there's not enough hate and not enough rivalry in in cusa so like i'm perfectly down to like start a grudge with marshall here like as i learned this week from their replies to a couple of of other tweets that i saw they are still mad about not getting to host the 2013 cusa championship so so uh we can we can we can turn this into a little bad blood i think yeah, I, I mean, we'll start. I mean, what this is going to turn into if the scheduling goes back to how it was, Rice is not going to play Marshall outside of a conference championship game for another uh, six years. Right. <laughs> yeah. Something no, like so, that. so eternal bragging rights now. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. And then we can we can pivot a little bit to when Rice does get to a, a conference championship soon in the, in the coming years. I, I, I think. Let's see if they're two and two, I think by does a five and two Louisiana Tech and UTSA are both five and two uh, and UTSA beat Tech. If I remember that correctly, Rice is two and two, two and two. So with a win next week, they would go to three and two. Uh, if they had had that rescheduled game against UTEP and gone four and two would and they hadn't played UTSA or Louisiana Tech. 
I don't know, but you're talking about a team that is now on paper. They have the most impressive win of any team in Conference USA. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah. Unless you want Marshall over App State. You can debate if Rice over Marshall is better than Marshall over App State, but that's pretty much the banner wins for the conference this year. Uh, so you have that, and then you have equal in the, the loss column with the teams that are in contention right now for uh, the West, not named UAB, who's still 2-1 and one and not playing Southern Miss, who is also sitting at home this weekend, even though they haven't played. Um, we'll save the Conference USA ragging for another pod. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you win next week and Rice is 3-2 and two, and they have a winning season in the midst of a pandemic, losing their starting quarterback and most of their secondary and having their best offensive player opt out with an injury before the season. I mean, you know, we said we, we've said this a bunch, but like this is a conference where outside of maybe UTEP, like anyone can compete with anyone. And we've very clearly seen that this year and in, in all of the results and especially this one. Um we, we postulated at times during the preseason that if things went right, that this was a team that could have competed for winning the West for and from there to, to winning the conference. And I think this was validation for that today. Like, I don't think there's any combination of circumstances that actually gets them there this year because the whole, you know, the whole thing's so messed up. But in terms of what they've now been able to put on the field, like, this was a huge validation for this program at a time when they desperately needed one to feel to to build something out of this largely lost season and to just, you know, however it goes ne- next week, as long as they knock on wood, don't like get randomly blown out by UAB. But like this makes you feel really nice. This was. Yeah, it, I, it felt so good to get this. And I wrote this in, in my post gamer piece that. You know, regardless, it, when we went into this season uh, before, I guess in the spring when we thought Rice was going to play 12 games, uh, when we went into the season, I think we both agreed that Rice needs to go to a bowl game this year in order for us to feel like this season was a, a quote unquote success. We said that's the bar when yeah. that when that went out the window with who knows how many games Rice is playing and who knows how many bowls are like, then it was like, I, I don't really know how we measure this season but we'll figure it out i I think now we can definitively say uh, success like you can't just say a season boils down to one game but when one game is what 20 percent of your season (laughs) like yeah uh, i mean that that makes it a huge swing point yeah maybe maybe it does and and i think what's what's telling uh, for me is we've seen this defense be this good several times uh throughout the mike bloomgren era i want to back up the Brinks truck to South Maine and get Brian Smith every penny that he he's earned because it just uh, he's proven to be one of the best defensive coordinators uh, in in the country like I other than I'm thinking back to like the Texas game got out talented Uh, the Wake Forest game they had some big plays by some guys that are I mean Greg Dortch is is playing in the NFL right now I think he's uh, been on and off rosters you know practice squad guy Uh, but other than that this is a team that's basically hung with everybody on defense if and here's the 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 bigger maybe existential question that we can get to in the offseason whenever that happens if rice can figure out the offense uh, 
this is a team that should be where UAB and Marshall are right now. Yeah. And at times this season, it has looked like they had it figured out. And, you know, today was maybe a step back in terms of the pure results, but I don't think anyone is making hard judgments about this offense based on a day when they lost their, again, lost their starting quarterback and lost their best receiver out of a depleted receiving core. So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, you'd love to see them put it all left. together in one game, which they sort of did against Southern Miss, but, like, uh, we have proof of concept on both sides of the ball this season. Yeah. Like the, 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 I think the question of will this work has been answered. I think it's undeniable that this will work. Uh, the question is, can they do it consistently enough right. to get the results that they want? And, and on defense, I'm sold on offense. I, I don't know. I, I think that they could probably make a, a couple more tweaks to, you know, maybe open things up a little bit more. That would be fun. But hey, I'm I'm not going to complain <laughs> at, at this point of yeah, the no. season. And uh, <laughs> there's there's only a handful of teams in the country that could lose their starting quarterback and not miss a beat and blow out a team 20 to nothing on a road on the road that was ranked. I mean, we saw the, the the Uber example. We saw Clemson turn to five star prospect uh, against Notre Dame, right? And and lose, uh, but come close. Like it's just the the level of achievement. And we we've done a lot of Rice football podcasts, so we'll have more time to like <laughs> be bummed. It it'll happen. But the 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 highs of the I don't know if I expected the highs of this high this season. If that makes sense, I knew they would be better on both yeah. sides of the ball, but I don't think we I, we would be reaching this point. Yeah, it, this. I mean, to to get this win like this after everything that's happened this season and having all of those winnable games wiped off the schedule, and coming here with three games under your belt, playing against the best team in the conference in their own stadium. And to get a win like this is, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens going forward, but this has the feel of a program defining win. That's fun to say, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that about wraps it up. Like it was weird. It was unexpected. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was it was amazing. You know, here we were last week talking, not even last week. When did we record? We recorded on Wednesday, released Thursday. It's Saturday afternoon. And I don't think the teams like got on buses left to leave the stadium. Like they're probably still wrapping stuff up and getting loading equipment. But, uh, you know, th- three days ago we were talking about if this game doesn't get played because of COVID and, and I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. I didn't think Rice should be playing this game. Uh, I, yeah. I thought the conference ma- massively botched this entire weekend. Uh, but I'm so happy. I'm, this is the happiest I've ever been to have been wrong actually. <laughs> uh, at least regarding rice football uh, it just it's just I, I i can't even complete sentences at, at this point because it was it was that impactful and to have this be able to have this conversation is is so huge and you just feel great for 
like I remember like looking at Bloomgren in the the bowels of the Alamo Dome last year when they lost to UTSA and fell to 0 and 7 and like just the the disappointment like I, I feel like and that was midway through last year that was after that point they went what 3 and 2 to close out that year and 2 and 2 since so if that was the low point then you've shuttled from I don't know how many games that they what two games that they won in their first 19 as a staff at Rice. And then from that point onward, if that's the, the point you're going to cut it, they're now five wins and four losses. So you go from a, what is that a percentage wise, like a, what, Bad. 10% <laughs> win 10% of your games yeah. team to a win 60% of your team's games? Pretty good. Solid, I'll solid, it. uh, yeah. All right, I think that does it for this uh, longer than expected uh, bonus victory podcast. But hey, uh, <laughs> for talking about something that I just called a program defining win, I think that'll uh, it's think that'll be under- understandable to y'all. So uh, we'll wrap it up here. We'll uh, be back later in the week to preview UAB and Rice fight, y'all. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.